the most important thing is that you're physically viewing the property and paying close attention to what's going on in that property, the neighboring properties, the commercial, the residential, everything kind of around it. Make sure that what your assumptions are, are reality. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, real quick before we get started, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody for joining us on the show and for listening uh, to all my loyal listeners. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, continuing to listen and support the show. If you can go on to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen and subscribe to the show, that would be fantastic. Spread the word too. I'd love to, you know, have this reach more and more people. So if you could share it on social media or, or, or and just talk about it to other people, that would be fantastic. And the last thing is if you can go on to iTunes and give us a rating review, uh, hopefully five stars. That would be great as well. It just helps us spread the word more and it helps us get continue to get uh, really good guests on the show. We've had some fantastic guests and I just want to be able to continue to bring fantastic value to you. Go on to our Facebook page too, Pillars of Wealth Facebook page. And I'd like to hear from, from you as a listener of you know, what you're doing in business, what you've got going on, what you are maybe struggling with or uh, being successful with, and then what we can do on the show to help push you to that next level. Maybe uh, questions we can ask our guests, maybe guests that we can get on the show to talk about certain topics, certain things that are really neat, you're needing uh, some, some extra support with. So provide for us some feedback on Facebook. Um, and you can also share this out on, on social media. That would be fantastic as well. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being a, uh, being a either new listener or a loyal listener. I definitely appreciate it. And we will get started with the show. Welcome back to another edition of Hump Day Hustle, the show where we focus on business and real estate as our core pillars of wealth creation. My name is John Stiles with Bridge Realty, and I'm excited for another great episode. Today, we're going to be talking about due diligence and really digging into uh, different types of things that you need to look at when you're looking at a real estate transaction. So uh, with that, here's our host, Todd Dexheimer. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, recently, I went on a little men's retreat with my church. We got to do a lot of uh, outdoor activities, even though it was like way below freezing, but <laughs> do some ice climbing and snow tubing and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, doing great. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I've been busy doing uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is due diligence. I've got a property under contract, very excited about uh, especially after the due diligence, um, even more optimistic about the opportunity um, that we have at hand. So excited and, and wanted to just talk a little bit about some lessons uh, learned and and not even necessarily even lessons learned, but just some strategies that uh, we utilize while we're doing due diligence and some important things that everybody needs to make sure they're paying attention to during due diligence uh, time period. 
Yeah, it's really important so that, you know, you don't get left holding the bag. And because <laughs> once you become that property owner, whatever problems exist there, they're your problems. Mm -hmm. so Want to make yeah. sure you know what you're getting into. Well, and, and I've had different experiences, you know, and, and learn on every property and I'll continue to learn, hopefully, um, you know, and hopefully smaller ways sometimes. But, um, I, you know, I've got a property I purchased and closed on and, and there's just been a lot of extra things. And, and I think you know, part of it's potentially due diligence could have been a little bit better. Part of it's also just bad luck like we had a pipe that burst in the middle of the street um just on our side of the city you know takeoff so it's our responsibility flooded four units really hard to say we could have fought found that in due diligence it was a water pipe and you know you could have done a sewer scope but you're not going to catch that and so but there's other things uh that we could have gotten like potentially doing a sewer scope we could have caught some other issues that were uh, problems that we've had with our plumbing and um, different things so you know there's sometimes where we can catch things sometimes we can't uh, but either way we can make sure we're being diligent about the process putting setting up hopefully the right budgets in place and uh, to try to avoid some of the pain points that come with owning um real estate because there are pain points in owning any type of asset real estate included um, and we want to make sure we're protected from those pain points and you know we're setting up our, our business the right way right and i know this is all on your mind just because you've been recently looking at some properties um mm -hmm. how did that trip go for you uh yeah i mean trip went trip went well uh, it was a multi you know, purpose trip. Uh, not only was it due diligence on the property I'm purchasing, but it was also making sure things are lining up with the current properties I've, I've, I'm owning, uh, some that are stabilized, some that we're working on the stabilization. Um, so just continue to make sure things are going the right way on those properties. And then as well as doing diligence uh, on this current new opportunity, it's, I think easy for some people um, to be excited about the new and kind of forget about the old. And you, you, it's really important when you're in business that you don't forget about the old. You don't make the new more important than the old. Now you are going to have to spend some more time with the new, especially right away. Um, but the properties that are currently going on, it's extremely important. And we continue to focus on those so we can achieve uh, what we set out to achieve and, and actually um, hit our business plan numbers and projections. Yep. So let's start from kind of the beginning of, okay, you've got this property under contract. You're getting geared up to, to visit it, do some due diligence. Who is the team that you bring to the property uh, to make sure, you know, nothing gets uh, ignored or nothing gets, uh, or everything gets noticed that can be and should be. Yeah, well, for, first of all, before we even bring the team to the property, we want everybody that's a part of the team, or I shouldn't say everybody, because some people don't need to see some of the, the some of the different numbers, but um, the most important people, which would be our property manager, um, we want to make sure they are in line with our you know, not only our physical budget of construction renovation, but 
of our rent projections, of our expense projections, all that kind of stuff. So we want to make sure we're in, aligned in our business plan with our property manager. Uh, we also want to make sure our contractor's in line with us as far as pricing goes um, on the surface. So those are things we do prior to actually physically being on due diligence. We also are going to be looking at a lot of the physical items that are being presented to us, such as the rent rolls, the profit loss statements, uh, the property surveys, um, the expense, all the expense reports, uh, all the delinquency reports, um, and you know, any contract service reports, uh, and, and contracts, uh, all that kind of stuff, make sure the leases are in line, all that. So we're doing a lot of groundwork up front prior to visiting the property. So once we actually go visit the property, we want to make sure we have our property management company um, there. And so we, we you know, in this case, the owner actually showed up, uh, the property management, the, the owner of the company actually showed up and, and walked the units with us. Uh, you want to make sure you have contractors on site or prop project manager that's going to be in charge of the contractors on site. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you have, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to have uh, other inspections. So we want to do, you know, we want, we want to do a um, um, termite inspection and, and we want to make sure that there's no other pest control issues going on. We want uh, physical inspections of the building. Um, you know, so, so we obviously want those people at the property as well. It's nice to have your lender there too. Um, so we did have our, our lender show up. Now, they were only at the property for a short period of time, but they were there at the property. Um, that was nice to have them there as well. They can see what's going on with the property and get a better grasp of whether this is a project they want to handle or not. Now, that's not required in, in some cases. It's just not going to be um, something that's going to get done, but it is nice to have them on site if possible. Yeah, a lot of times the lenders, you know, they do a lot of behind the scenes office paperwork but it's good to get them out at the property, see what they're actually lending on. Yeah. So, yeah. so in regarding um, bringing in the contractors, so sounds like you really prepare kind of a scope of work so that they know what they're bidding on mm -hmm. uh, ahead of time rather than, I mean, sometimes I know when you meet with a contractor, they're like, well, what, you, what do you want to be done here? And, and you might be bringing them to say, well, what needs to be done here? Um, so the, I don't know, how do you balance that conversation there? I think it's important to understand what needs to be done. I, I don't think you can, you can rely on your contractor or you can hope that your contractor gives you good advice, but between you and your property manager, you should have an understanding of the scope that needs to be done with the property. And, and you can do that by understanding the neighborhood, understanding what needs to be done, understanding what other properties have done and have had success doing, understanding what you've done in, pre in the past and your property manager has done in the past to find success. With that, we can typically figure out a, a fairly accurate budget with the square footage of the, uh, of the unit and knowing kind of the age of the units and understanding 
what our scope is. So if we know that we're replacing countertops, painting cabinets, uh, putting in black appliances versus the white, um, you know, doing new luxury vinyl planking and maybe changing out the vanity. Oh, and, and, and then maybe we're changing out all the light fixtures and all the other fixtures. We can get a pretty good understanding from the contractor and the property manager, how much that's going to cost per unit to do. Now, is it going to be perfect? No, but that's their preliminary due diligence. That's and actually usually it's preliminary to even before the, before we get the property on a contract, we go, okay, we're going to put four grand or eight grand or whatever it is into the units. And we know about what we're going to do. Now, when we actually do the physical due diligence and, and we're walking the entire property in every single unit, that's what we're just, we're confirming what our initial assumptions were. You know, we've already walked a couple units. We already know um, the condition of them and where they should go to because we know the market and, and what's needed in the market. Uh, so then we can confirm our findings with our contractor, with our property manager. Maybe we have some more suggestions or maybe we decide to pull back on some of our renovations after we walk the entire property. But those are decisions we can make, you know, after the property's under contract. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing that we don't deal with much in uh, Minnesota due to our climate is, is termites, but I understand it, you know, in this Southern uh, properties you do, uh, can you shed any light? What, what is that like to deal with or? <laughs> well, I mean, the termites are going to destroy anything with wood, right? They're going to, that's, that's where, you know, they, they enjoy that. It's a healthy little snack. And so the termites are going to enjoy uh, destroying your wood products. Um, so you got to make sure that that's not being done. So a termite inspection is, is very valuable. It's also nice to see that that's been a contract. So for instance, this property, they've had a contract for an exterminator to come in and treat the property for termites to make sure that they're staying out of the property. Um, if that hasn't been done, you need to really be watchful for are there termites? Because if nobody has ever been doing it, um, or for the last several years, they have not been doing it. Well, there's a good chance we've got some termite issues. Not necessarily, but there is a chance and we want to really pay attention to that. So I would say it's, it's knowing what the history of the property has been and then understanding that even, even with some pest control, you know, termites can still get beyond that. And so we want to make sure that that hasn't happened. Or maybe we've got pest control now, but that's retroactive pest control. And maybe there has been some major termite damage in the past that the seller has hid and did not, um, did not actually fix. So we want to just kind of check out those issues. And, you know, we've got carpenter ants in Minnesota, not nearly as destructive as termites, but we still have things that can destroy a property, um, mice and carpenter ants and all kinds of squirrels and raccoons and stuff like that. We want to, Again, make sure that our holes are sealed and everything's the building envelope. The building envelope needs to be tight and sealed and in good operating condition. Yep. When they do a termite inspection, do do they is that invasive at all? Because I know that you know a lot of wood in a wood built structure is is covered up by your siding and by your sheetrock and whatnot. So is that do you just mostly look in the basements and? Yeah, you know, I'm not actually an expert in it. 
So I, I don't, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I do know they're, um, they're looking around the property. Uh, I usually don't follow the termite, ter, termite inspector, the, the, you know, around, um, they're giving me the report afterwards, but I do know when I've seen them, um, they're walking the building, they're poking around, they're looking for signs that there would be termites. And so I can't give you all the signs cause that's not my area of expertise. Um, but I know that hiring somebody to do it is very important because yep. that can be a big expense if we've got some major damage right. done by termites or any kind of pests, quite frankly. Okay. So what would be the, the next thing that you're going to look at in your due diligence? Well, so I, there's so many things, right? But uh, I think some of the important things for like a physical due diligence is you, uh, oftentimes we don't get the leases that are electronic. So we need to audit our leases and we need to compare our leases towards the rent roll. So in this case, we had one of the partners stayed back um, and actually stayed in the rental office and compared the leases to the actual rent roll um, and was just looking for things in the leases, uh, scanning the leases to make sure that, uh, you know, everything was legit in the leases as well. Property manager oftentimes will do that as well. They looked at some of the leases, uh, did a lease audit. Now they didn't look at every single lease, but they looked at several of the leases. Then you also have the physical due diligence where you're actually walking the property. So I spend a lot of time on the exterior of the property, making sure things are right with the exterior, make sure we don't have any, um, you know, grading issues. In this case, on this property, we do have some grading issues. So we do want to fix those where we're budgeted for them. We also have a lot of uh, plant growth issues. So we've got trees, pine trees in particular that are right next to the property. Uh, we want to ensure that there's no foundation issues with that. But beyond that, we have to budget to take those trees uh, away and remove them from the property because they're not only causing uh, potential foundation issues, they cause siding issues, they cause fascia soffit gutter issues, and they cause roof issues. And they cause also pest issues where you have squirrels that climb them and like to get in and eat your uh, eat, eat through your soffit and then make that their home. So <clears throat> just all kinds of issues with trees and, and plants too close to the building. Um, you know, we want to make sure that there's no uh, signs of exterior, you know, moisture getting into the building or, you know, mold or anything like that. So we're looking closely at the siding. We're looking closely at the windows, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, it depends on how skilled you are in that stuff. I, I have a very good understanding of, of building systems. So I feel very comfortable walking myself along with an inspector. Um, but depending on how comfortable you are with that, you might want to hire an inspector to walk or a contractor to walk the entire property and do that thoroughly um, if you're not as comfortable with it. Yeah, you know, so it depends on how comfortable you're. And then the same thing with the interior. You know, we're walking all the units. We're making sure the plumbing system's working. We're making sure uh, the heating system, the air conditioning system's working, uh, electrical system's working. 
Uh, we're checking the breakers. We're checking, you know, all that kind of stuff and making sure everything's in line with the property and we don't have any weird issues, moisture issues, interior uh, mold issues, all that kind of stuff. And then overall just condition of the property. Um, we also want to match the rent roll up with the units we're walking. Uh, does it say it's vacant and it's actually vacant or does it say it's occupied more importantly? And is it actually occupied? You know, if we're walking into units and they're saying they're occupied, but there's nobody living there, uh, we have some problems. Yep. And going back to what you said about having a professional inspector, you know, I think even for those who are very seasoned uh, investors, we can sometimes get lazy and just think we know it all and just kind of overlook things because mm -hmm. we're not really paying attention to the details where the uh, professional inspector, that's his job is pay attention to the details. Yep. You know, look, I mean, you're, you're, you've got a lot going on, right? When you're doing this due diligence, you're looking at a lot of different things. You're talking to a lot of different people. Um, it's easy to miss things and, and it's nice to have extra eyes. That's why it's nice to have your contractor or project manager on site, your property manager on site um, as uh, to how many partners that you have, if you have one or two partners or if it's just you, um, but having your partners on site, if you have partners, uh, just having as many people on site as possible, looking at things, asking questions taking note of, of what's going on. It's also nice to talk with the on-site staff, make sure you're asking them uh, good questions about the building, the performance of the building, what's happening, when it's happening, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break and I wanna mention a few things. First of all, I've been doing some coaching and I wanna to continue to kind of expand that slowly and, and take on a few clients. And, and up until recently, I didn't really believe uh, in coaching and, and uh, you know, taking courses and stuff like that. But I recently, or I shouldn't say recently, it's been, it's been a, a few years now, hired a, a coach and saw a, immediate results and have been very happy with it and decided, you know, as my teaching background, I wanted to do some coaching myself and help other people get the results that I was able to achieve. And so if you're at that point where you think that's the spot for you, or maybe you just want to explore if it's right for you, uh, you know, reach out to me. I'd have a free discovery call with you. We want to make sure that it is the right step for you to take. There might be other things that you can do to get success uh, and coaching might not be it, but let's have that discovery call to find out if that is uh, the step that you need to take. So it can really make a major impact in your business and get you to that next level. Uh, the other thing is John Stiles. He's on this show every single week uh, with me on the Hump Day Hustle. And John Stiles is a real estate agent in, in Minnesota, and he will help you find a good, good investment property. John is very knowledgeable and can help you find an investment property. It can also help you sell your investment property. So reach out to John Stiles with Bridge Realty and uh, connect with him. He'll also, you know, consult with you and, uh, and make sure you guys are the right fit. So uh, give him a call if you're in Minnesota, reach out to him. Uh, he'd love to help as well. Back to the show. In this particular situation, did, was everybody pretty well aware of the building being up for sale as far as the tenants and the management 
current management company? A current management company knows the building's for sale. Um, you know, I'm not sure if the, how, what the tenant relationship is there. If they know it's for sale or not, I didn't really ask. Uh, nobody was weird about us going into their apartment. They're all just fine about that. So I'm not sure if they notified them that they're selling or if we were just doing an inspection or what a lot of times they'll say it's an insurance inspection or it's just an inspection, city inspection, or it's just a, you know, whatever, a ownership inspection. Uh, a lot of the tenants don't know who the ownership group is. So it's, you know, if you say this is an ownership inspection or if you say it's an insurance inspection, they won't know any difference and, and they don't really care quite frankly either. Um, so I'm not sure how they notified the tenants what they said to them, but we didn't have any problems. Yeah. Okay. I know sometimes you have to step on eggshells or if the, uh, once you get to a property and they're like, all right, now don't say anything. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and oftentimes that's in the more of the, uh, especially in the, the marketing phase where, you know, there's a ton of people walking, you don't want to freak the tenants out. Um, yeah, and even in the due diligence phase, sometimes we just, we want to be careful because we don't want tenants to leave just because they think the property's for sale and that they're going to get kicked out or the rents are going to raise or, you know, tenants get freaked out for various different reasons. So a lot of landlords like to keep it kind of quiet. Mm. Yep. Which is, which is a reason why there's people will ask, well, why, why is there any such thing as an off market deal? Well, there's, there's probably maybe your number one reason why there's off market deals is because a lot of landlords don't want to freak their tenants out. And so they'll list it off market. So that way they don't have it publicized. And then the way they don't have like a million people walking through the property, they can control it a lot better. Um, so when, when people say, well, why is there such thing as a off market property? Well, that's a big reason why. Yep. Very good. So, Anything else that you did while you're at the property? Well, so yeah, I mean, while I'm at the property, I'm of course taking a lot of pictures. I want my investors to be able to see, uh, you know, the property as much as they can. I take some videos of the property, try to do some walking, explain what we're doing uh, to the property, making notes so I can put it in the business plan and presentation. Um, you know, just confirming what we already assumed, making sure we're doing that. In this case, we've got an office that had burnt down and we're going to rebuild it. That was the plan from the beginning. We were looking at different locations and whether we can relocate the office to a different spot that would be more convenient and more present uh, on the property. It's a very linear property, meaning uh, it's not very wide on the road. It goes back a ways off the road. And so we want to try to make sure the office is in the right location. So we're, we're looking at, you know, where can we do that and what we can do to enhance the property overall. Are there anything, you know, is there anything that we're missing? Do we need to add some more uh, amenities, that type of thing? Beyond the property itself, we'll also want to see what the neighborhood is like. So uh, we want to confirm that. So for me, it was important to drive around, um, look at the commercial properties, you know, the retail and the, and the shopping, and, oh, sorry, the, the uh, restaurants, uh, to make sure that things are happening there in a positive way. Also want to look at the single family homes, make sure, you know, they're being well kept and, and all that kind of stuff. And then look at my competition. One of the things that I was very pleasantly surprised 
I'm not surprised, but uh, it just was, it was very good is that my due diligence was not actually going to any of these uh, other properties. It was all, you know, on, on the computer, on CoStar reports. And I'm, I'm viewing these properties and seeing what their average rents are. But when I actually went and secret shopped some properties, so secret shopping would be go to the property, pretend like you're a tenant interested in renting uh, there. And I did that to my main competitor, which is a property that's directly behind me. It, it actually touches our property. And I went there and I, I uh, acted like I wanted to rent the property and got to tour a couple of the units and got to find out what their pricing structure was on, on those units and pleasantly surprised that they are charging a lot more than what CoStar says is their average rents. Now it's because they have renovated and non-renovated units and the renovated units are going for a lot more than what I had projected in my rent growth projections. So that's a great thing. Now I haven't adjusted my spreadsheets in any way and I won't. Um, but the good thing is I see a lot of potential to be able to raise my rents an additional almost $50 from what I projected them at. So that's a fantastic thing when you leave with a better feeling than when you came to the market. And I got to see the type of finishes that the neighboring property is doing in order to achieve those rents. And that's always a good thing as well. So anytime we can physically get into properties that are our competition, uh, that's always a fantastic thing. We can see the types of amenities they have. We can see um, the type of finishes they have. And I was able to find out, um, you know, what kind of vacancy they had kind of, um, I, I, you know, when I was asking, I was just asking how many units they have available and that kind of stuff and prodding maybe a little deeper than most tenants would prod, but uh, <laughs> you know, I just pretended like I was a nosy person. Um, we were able to also, our property manager, nice thing is our property manager manages several properties within uh, a mile of that property, a few uh, properties within just a couple blocks. And we were able to drive through some of those properties, get into some of those units, see what's going on, see what their rents are, find out what their occupancy is, all that kind of stuff. And so it's nice when your property management company has a big footprint in that area as well. Uh, in this case, they do. And they were able to provide us some very good data, which again, made me very happy because the occupancy on all these buildings that are in good condition are much higher than what I am projecting. So that's always a good thing as well. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of information there. So how long did it take you to do all this? Were you there for about a month? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. There for a full month. No, between, um, you know, I was, I personally was there for a day was able to take care of this. It was a long, uh, exhaustive day, but I was there for uh, the entire day and was able to take care of it also. Typically, you can get done with your due diligence in one to two days, your physical due diligence. Um, the rest is going to be, uh, you know, I'm still going through the due diligence right now on the computer, uh, looking through all the files, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Very good. It's a lot of work, but it's important so that you, like I said earlier, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to miss things. And, you know, one, one of the, 
one of the things I learned um, is is uh, you're you're going to miss things, right? You're always going to miss things, and there's going to be things that are just impossible to see, impossible to find, like a water line that's going to be bursting um, in the street that you're just never going to know about. And so, one of the important things that I've learned in this process is that you need to have healthy reserve accounts as you're doing these properties. And if, if you're going to buy these properties, I would suggest putting, you know, close to nine months worth of principal and interest payments to the side to have as a reserve account, because we just don't know what we don't know and things are going to happen. And if we're not prepared for it, well, we either are stuck have to dig in our own pocket or have to do a capital call to our investors right away. And none of those are good scenarios. Right. <laughs> Doesn't build a lot of confidence if that happens right away to your investors. Yeah. And I think most investors understand things happen, right. And, and, and they'll be understanding, but if you're doing a capital call immediately, uh, this is, this is not a good sign. Yep. Right. Well, very good. Uh, any other things on due diligence that uh, you took away from your trip? Um, no, I think uh, just to kind of recap it, the most important thing is that you're physically viewing the property and paying close attention to what's going on in that property, the neighboring properties, the commercial, the residential, everything kind of around it. Make sure that what your assumptions are are reality. And, uh, and then make sure you get as many people involved in that due diligence walk as possible and be asking a lot of questions and, and make sure, you know, due diligence is the discovery phase. We're never trying to find um, problems to be able to walk away from the property, but we are trying to find problems that we can, you know, make sure that we understand prior to actually closing on the property. Cause if we can, if we can solve some of those problems. We can be aware of some of those problems. It's just going to help avoid headaches in the end. Now that I know what's going on in the property, I actually uh, raised my uh, budget by a thousand bucks a unit. And I did that uh, mainly because I saw what the neighboring property was doing and the rents they were achieving. And even, even though I didn't raise my projected rents, that thousand dollars per unit extra really doesn't move the needle much on my, uh, my return to my investors. It brings it down slightly, but very slightly. And I think in the very end, it'll really truly bring my investor returns way up higher than what I'm projecting. So that's always a positive when you can, view other properties and raise your budget to, to be able to cover that stuff versus, you know, again, I would have, we would have been stuck with being able having to spend a thousand dollars less per unit. Yep. Yep. So like you're saying, putting, putting all this information that you've put together and, and making sure that your business plan going forward uh, is an accurate representation of what it should and could be. Um, mm -hmm based on that, those details you've discovered. So, yeah. 
Yep. And, and, and quite frankly, John, I mean, we would have been, we, we would be fine with the original budget. We wouldn't have had any issues with it. We could have done the property and, and been successful with the property. Um, but instead I decided to add money to the budget in order to potentially achieve greater success with the project. And I wasn't able to, I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not done the due diligence that I did or that we did as a team. Cool. Very good. Um, well, if there's not anything else, you know, to our uh, listeners and our viewers, we appreciate you tuning into this. Uh, we'd like to get your feedback on the due diligence process for buying apartments and uh, what processes and steps have you experienced that worked really well? What things did you not do that you learned your lesson on? Or what questions do you have for Todd and us uh, to go deeper into? We'd uh, love to get your feedback on that either. It's great if we can connect there on the Facebook page, uh, Pillars of Wealth Creation. Otherwise, you can go ahead and comment on the YouTube video. And of course, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah, John, I would love to hear people's like maybe horror stories that they did. Maybe some a discovery they made during due diligence or something they totally glossed over during due diligence that came back and bit them uh, in the rear. Uh, that would be great to hear some of those stories. I think it's important to learn from our mistakes and learn from other people's mistakes. So if anybody's got those stories and they want to share them, share them on our Facebook page. That'd be a blast to hear them. We can maybe read a couple We'll leave out your name, don't worry. Uh, but we'll read a couple uh, maybe the next time if we get any of those. Sounds great. Cool. Well, John, uh, that's it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday, man. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go again. Go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.